Liberty Church this morning. I want to take the next um, 15, 20 minutes just to share things that's on my heart. But I want to say, like, um, uh, Robin Patrice sent us a few uh, voice messages through, you know, and, um, and they said that uh, they prayed some of the, like, Rob's house in, uh, where he lives in Leakstep is number 91. And um, his, his dad used to always say that everyone's welcome at 91 type of thing, right? But Psalm 91 was also a psalm that he prayed over the household, you know, it, it, talking about the, you know, the things that come in the night and the, the arrows in the night and all that stuff. Like, it's a great psalm of protection. And uh, they just found themselves just declaring that over air homes in, in Halabase, yeah? And... Um, but but then Rob says no this this like it's like the Holy Spirit came up upon Patrice, and she was speaking with such authority that these that this what was going on this secret church this this worship of, 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 of the devil really in the end, and that she just kept saying in the name of Jesus move, and uh, move, and she said like within minutes and seconds like the the, the it was like. It moved to somewhere else because it kept getting fainter and fainter and fainter, fainter. That's like, look, God will never leave us without. Do you know what I mean? That's the beauty of it. It's like, I'm, me and Sharon sitting at home listening to this going, that's our kid over there. That's our son over there. That's our granddaughter over there. Well, like, we, you know, we can feel something that they're experiencing the power and the presence and the authority of God. And because we don't need that grace, we're looking at it through a, a different set of eyes. He will never leave us on. That's the reality, whether it's in Halabase in Lesotho or it's up in Basaroch. It doesn't matter. God is still God, amen? And you know what? Like talking about strange noises and rhythms and sounds, and I, I experienced the last, not Saturday, Saturday before, in, in where I live, there was all this music and there was this screeching and howling. And Looked out the window, next door she was having your woman's 50th. It was the exact same. I was like, there's some howling going out there, Cheryl. I don't know who's singing, but we need to get them put down, whoever they are. Call the RSBCA or something, or else it's devil worship. There's something going on. I went out with Jackie's 50th. Praise the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Um, let's take a few minutes. I'm not kidding you. It was horrible. It was, again, a few bottles went in there. They were... They were thinking they were Beyonce, and they were just not Beyonce. It was like Ronnie Drew trying to sing Beyonce song. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> it was all over the place. But anyway, um, there's a, if I if I did say a few, if I want you to give me some feedback here, right? So if I had to say to you, like, if I had a, 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 a whiteboard here, which I haven't, but let your imagination, and I'm going to write down words that you're going to say to me right now. Um, so if you've heard, you know, whether you know, words about church. The Bible calls us, describes us as many things. And one of them is, like, we're the building of God, we're the, we're the field of God, another, we're the temple of, of the Holy Spirit. And one of them great words is church. And if I had to say to you, what's some of the stuff that you've ever heard about church, like, from you know, non-believers say, or people that don't understand the church, or people that worse are against the church. What's some of the things that you'd hear people say when you when they say church? What what? Hypocrites, brainwashers, judgmental, boring. Praise the Lord! Happy clappy, happy clappers, swinging out the rafters. Come on, you. you 
Well, boy, but by sure, come on, don't be holding back. I'm giving you permission. Come on. Is there any noise? Is there two noises, Christians? And come on, you can tell me. What? Fruit loops. OTT. Old fashioned. Irrelevant. And else? Guilt trippers. What we. Bad news instead of good news. Like all the things you can hear, you know, what people say. And look, we're being mild. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, we're being mild like, because, like, there's huge negative press around the word church out there. You just, you just say it to somebody in your job tomorrow. Do you want to go to church? Oh, I wouldn't go near them. And depending on what they're saying, they'll call you all type of names. They'll call, oh, I wouldn't go near them. They're a load of, or they're whatever. And then you go, oh, no, we're not that church. We're like a different type of church. But then you have things to say about your cult. You know, like you have all types of negative press about the word church. And, and, and the reality is, like, here's the, here's the, there's good news in a minute, but here's the bad news, right? That's us. <laughs> like, you know, when you say them words, hypocrites, we think we're talking about someone else. Uh-uh. When I tell you, the Bible says that we are the church. This building is not the church. We are the church. So what do they say about us? Oh, we're lovely. Now we change it all because it's us. But that's the reality. And God in all of his greatness and creativity, he knows we're humans. Like all of that really is to be human. All of that is to be people that are not truly known who they are in Christ. And, and, and he knew that, so he gives us other words in the Bible. So if I had to say to you, let's, let's have another whiteboard over here, and, and I had to say to you, tell me, we're going to get a bit romantic, right? Tell me, if you are doing it, uh, and you probably have done this, and you probably are right with that person right now, or looking for that person. If you were to write the perfect description of someone that you would want to spend the rest of your life with, to walk with, to talk with, to, what, what would some of their characteristics be? Like, if, let's say it's a, it's a Christian dating app or something. What would some of them characteristics you would look for in this person? Gentle. Kind. Loving. Did you say loving? Good looking. Yeah, okay. Don't leave the old good looks out, but you have to be attracted to something, right? You're not, you're not like, really, you're like, like, I want to marry Quasimodo. You're not going to do that. It's like, you, come on. Just other, what else would you like in this person? A forgiven person. Did you say forgiven as well? Accepting person. Caring person. Patient. Loyal. Funny. Faithful. Anything else? Honest. Protective. Rich. Boom. Good looking and rich. And protective and kind and caring and loving. Like you could, you could go on forever, couldn't you? But here's the reality, right? If this is one reality, here's another reality. This, these words and a billion more will describe Jesus. And depending on what we worship, because what we worship we will reflect. That's the reality. We will reflect. And I think God has given us a word here in the Bible called us, instead of being called the church which we are, other words such as, that we are the bride of Christ. And I don't think, I think we've messed up the word church. I think you look through church history, we've made a bags of this thing. Right? And, and, and we, 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 the more we try to fix it, 
tomorrow of a bags we're making of it because the reality is Jesus says I will build my church so I think Jesus is saying in these days to man to leadership to clergy hands off she's mine boom that's a song hands off she's mine and you remember that it's like I will build my church why is people busy building something that Jesus says he will build. No, but what he confers on us is to bring the kingdom. So we have to be about the kingdom business while he is building his church. And I think he's given us this word bride and this description of who we're supposed to be. And every book, like John Eldridge would probably say at this stage, don't mention bride because all the men will shut off. That's because we haven't got a full understanding of her all. Because you cannot say to the ultimate warrior, King David, that he was sissy or girl-like when he cries out, Oh Lord my God, I love you. I love you Lord, my strength, my hope. He wasn't some... I think what we've done with church is we've done religion here. We've religioized church. And we've missed out on the romance of who Jesus is with his brides. The romance of where he wants to take her and where he wants to lead her and the adventure that he wants to bring her on, the bride. And we've, we, we can look through churchy eyes and go, oh, don't mention love or bride or romance because that's because we're in church mode. See when we get into this mode. When I tell you, I didn't get converted on the 22nd of March 1989 at 9.40 in the National Stadium. I fell in love. That's what happened. I fell in love. I, 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 I didn't know anything about church. But I've been around 30 years to know that when I get church, church, or something, I fall out of love. But the only thing that keeps me going is being in love with Jesus. It's easy to obey somebody. When Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. It's easy to obey someone you're in love with because you know they have your best interests at heart. You know they love you. You know they care for you. If I look at that through this church picture, it's, a, it's an endurance test. It's like, imagine, imagine like, you know, we, we look at them in through these eyes and we go, oh, I have to do, I cannot do this anymore. When you're in love, you don't want to do anything that will hurt the one who loves you. Not that you don't, but you don't want to. And I think Jesus is doing something with his bride. He's like, he's like, come on, I want to, want to bring you in. That's why he stands at the door and knocks. What does he want to do? Sit with you and have fellowship with you and dine with you. He wants to take you out on a date. Instead of this endurance test. Because if we behold and we reflect who we worship, I think we can win back some of this stuff that we painted a bad picture of. I think we can win it back. I think if we reflect the one who's loyal and love and kindness and patient and loving and rich, he's rich. He owns the universe. He created everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He can rain down manna from heaven. He can do anything, this Jesus. But if we look at it through this, is the church has a poor poverty mentality. Well, if we reflect the one we love, well, then we're going to show him to the world. We had an American team in last week, and uh, we had a great time. 
And uh, but I went out to meet them at the airport Wednesday a week ago, yeah. And uh, so I'm there with little Jesse, and we're going through the airport, and I don't know, half seven in the morning, and we're waiting on the team to come out. And the airport was packed. In fact, I, you know, it was funny because there was three elevators, and these three groups of different, like, full elevators kept going up and down, but it was the same people all the time in them. I thought it was a game show. I was like, hey, you just have to be in here. Couldn't get in with the buggy. Ended, this is how packed it was. I ended up running up the stairs with Jesse in the buggy just to get up there. We'll go up there. Well, the place is packed, I kid you not. And next minute, out of the blue, didn't notice this person beforehand, but out of the blue comes this little girl, like she was like 25 or something, about this height, because she had high heels on, long blonde hair, little dress on her. The only, I didn't notice her beforehand. I noticed her because she ran out with her high heels clicking, going, oh! And she's like this running into that area where people are coming out. She runs and jumps into the hands of this six foot four cowboy. I'm like, I'm waiting on a movie. I was like, you know, baby, when you close your eyes. I was like, There's, and she's so the whole each other. This is not outside. This is in where people are going around him. And she's like small and he's real tall. And he has a cowboy hand and cowboy boots on. And she's lo- he's looking down into her eyes. Two minutes pass. Look, I'm thinking, come on, guys, get out of the way, will you? Three minutes pass. She's staring back. And then one, another, she, he bends down to give her a kiss, gives her a kiss, and then she still stared. But his cowboy had covered her head. Had a talk. That's the way the bride should be looking at the bridegroom. That she's staring at oh, Here, ten minutes go, boy. He's holding on like, what's it about? That's the way the church, this church doesn't look at our bridegroom like that. We look at him the way we reflect him. We look at him as he's not patient. And he's not going because we're going to reflect what we worship and who we worship. So if all of this is to give us some indication as how we're looking at God, we're judgmental to the world. You know why? Because we think he's the judge waiting over us to hear us. So we treat the world and we treat ourselves according to who we look at. But imagine if we get a hold of this. He just wants to gaze upon us. They didn't say any words. That was the mad thing about it. They kissed a couple of times. Didn't say any words. Her face was gleaming. His face was gleaming. I like, Jesus, we've messed something up here. I don't quite know what, but we've messed something up that Jesus wants to, us to behold who he is so we can reflect him into this, into this world, that he wants us to be the bride of Christ. He want, we haven't rubbished it. That's the beauty of it. We may have messed up. But we've, you know, that's why we're not supposed to gossip. That's why we're not supposed to tear each other down because we're clawing at the bride. Meets this woman at a conference I spoke at last week up in Sligo, New Wine. I spoke in the morning and then I spoke in the afternoon and then I spoke in the night. It was like, you had me on three days, three times in one day. I was, I was fed up listening to me. Did you ever get fed up listening to me? And um, so anyway, I spoke about knowing God. He wants us to know. John 17, 3 will come up on the screen. This is eternal life that you may know God in Jesus Christ whom he sent. The word for know is a Hebrew word, a Greek word, a Hebrew word, whatever it is you want to call it. Oh, yeah, that. 
They're not Yama Dada. And it means to know someone intimately, to experience their presence, to know them the way you'd know a friend, to know them the way you'd know a lover. It means to know someone that when they look at you, you know what's going on. This is eternal life that you may yada God and Jesus Christ whom he sends. That you may know him. See, Jesus is not someone just to be believed in. He's someone to be experienced. And if we sell for this, we sell for doing ticking off the boxes. I prayed a little, I sang a little, I gave a little, I served a little. And we tick off the boxes. See over here, lovers get more done than workers. Have you ever been in love? You need to remind me where I was a few minutes ago because I can't remember. Have you ever been in love? Put up your hand. Come on, I want to see hands. Come on. Was that not the happiest time in your life? Boom. Was it not? Was that not? Sharon moved up to the flats with my wife when she was six years of age. She was on a swing. I remember seeing her at six. She's a little flowery dress, long hair and little glasses on. Uncle Charlie opened the swings over the playground. Uncle Charlie was pushing her. There she was, always on the roundabout. Looked over. Seen this little girl. Bar of chocolate in her hand. Cadbury's, you know, the little single one. Fell in love. I don't know whether it was with Sharon or the chocolate, but I just know they were mixed there together. Right? It was a fruit and a nut. <laughs> when, <you listen. laughs> anyway, when we were 12, we hung around with the same group of people because in the flats you stayed in your own block. I started hanging around the next block. And uh, then when we were 14, I asked her to go out with me. I fell in love. I didn't want to be with me, any of my old mates. I didn't care where they were going, what they were doing. I just wanted to be with the one that I loved. It was the most happiest time I can remember. Nothing, my mom didn't have to get me to wash my neck. I got up and washed. I put on deodorant that I, don't, I never even used. I used to have the little suit, I think it was my communion suit. When I was 14, I still wore the jacket, it was still fitting me. I'd put on, I was going through a mucky field to get into the next block just to be with the person I loved that I'd fallen head over heels in love with. No one had to coerce me, I hadn't had to be nice music on, I didn't have to be put on a guilt trip, I just want, it was by far the most happiest time I can remember. You talk about things being released in your brain that make you alive. That's where he was. Was it not read earlier on? His mercies are new every morning. He beckons us into a relationship every morning so it doesn't get stale in us. That we don't have to live in judgment, in judgment of anything or anyone, our unforgiveness, our pain, because if we're going to him and we're gazing upon him who is the healer, he can say, no, I don't want you to hold that against him. It, it just robs who you really are in me. Why, if I gaze upon him and he's beckoning us in, into a place of knowing him, experiencing him. I wrote a, I wrote a new line of a, an old song. Do you remember the song? Jesus loves me. I wrote a new line. The first line is, Jesus loves me this I know because the Bible tells me so. Absolutely truth. Jesus loves me this I know. Because I heard him tell me. He wants it to be more than about his book. He wants it to be about the person and who he is. Oh, that will tell us where he's like. But he wants us to hear him. To say it. Because when he says, 
I love you. Something happens and everything changes. Everything changes. You can be argued out of things theologically. You can never be argued out of experience because it happened to you. You might as well deny your existence than to deny that that was said into my life at that time. And he wants that for each one of us. I'm at this conference. I speak about knowing God. Uh, uh, um, John 17, 3, you can know God. You can yada, know him intimately. In the afternoon, I spoke on making him known because Daniel says that they who know yada, their God, will be strong and will make him known or do great exploits. You want to do the things with God, of, of God, you do them with God because you know God. And he will lead us into untold adventures. So there was a, a woman in the congregation, an old lady in the congregation, and, and I did on the, the seminar, and then like, there was, she was there from the morning one, and I know this all because I said something, and she lifted her hand up as much to say hallelujah. And she, she, she caught my eye. Afterwards, some people came up to say hello, but the old lady came and sat on, this, on the front row, second seat in. I was like, I'm interested to hear what that old lady wants to say, you know. And uh, so anyway, eventually I get to sit down beside her, and she says to me, can I tell you something that I've never told another male? The inside, I'm going, oh, my goodness, what's going to come out here? Sorry. She says, of course you can. She says, would you pray that I would meet a lovely gentleman? I'm only 81. Exact words. When she said that, in somewhere in my head, I heard a man saying the same thing. Would you pray that I'd meet a lovely man? I'm only 81. And I said it to the woman. I said, no, I'm not saying this is God, but I'm going to tell you what I heard in my head when you say this. And she said when she was 29, her marriage ended. I says, and you've never been in a relationship since? She says, no. But what happened over in the other meeting when I talked about the romance of Jesus awoken something in her as a woman. I wanted to be held and wanted to walk with someone and wanted to hold hands and wanted to listen. Something awoken in her and I came away the next day and I was thinking, that's the, that's the church. We need to be awoken. There's something of Jesus in our lives afresh that will help us Rubbish some of the stuff that's rubbish and gain back some of that ground that we need to reflect in this world. I'm telling you, if that happens, there'll be a lot of sorries to Jesus and there'll be a lot of sorries to one another. He wants to awaken. You know at the end of the book, the Bible, do you know what the Spirit says? The Spirit and the bride says, Maranatha. Not the church, the bride. The bride who knows him and has walked with him and has been beautified by him and, and is in love with him and has gone on adventures with him. To see that he's this person who wants you to know him once because you're fully known by him. We'll run into his arms. It's like little Dolly Parton over at the airport. Gaze into his face. Worshiping, but reflecting him to this world. We owe them that. We owe this world that. If anything we owe them is that. We owe them a reflection of the one we love. So Lord, I ask by the power of your spirit, Lord, that you would awaken 
each one of us to the invitation come on and know me come on and walk with me because when he walks in when you walk in Jesus everything changes when religion walks in Lord it puts us down keeps us bound never allows us to grow never allows us to have this joy that is available from beholding the one who is joy himself you walk into the room Lord we don't have to strum up music we just worship you walk in Jesus hearts melt people are swept listen to the romance he's coming back on a horse for his bride to take her to live happily ever after forever this ain't no fairy tale that's the Jesus that wants to make himself known to us that when the enemy comes, he roars like a lion. When he's with you, he's like a lamb. So, Lord, I ask by the power of your Holy Spirit to come, Lord, and to sweep us off our feet afresh. To bring us back to that place like you brought the church back in Revelations. Come back to your first love. Come back to doing the things that you first done. Come on, forget about religion. Forget about that for a while and look at me. Look at me. Look into my face. Let me stare into your eyes. I know you're broken. I know your pain. I know your failure. I know all that. But I love you. You're mine. I'm yours. I watch you. I love you. I protect you. I provide for you. I'm kind. I'm patient. I'm loyal. I'm utterly faithful to you. I will not walk out. I say I will not walk out. Not because I'm stuck with you. Because I'll never walk out because I love you. I will never leave you, not because I've written that somewhere and therefore I'm bound to it. It's because I want to hang out with you. He never wrote the covenant for him, he wrote it for us. He knows who he is, he knows his personality. He wrote it for us and we could always have a reference point of, no, this is what he said. So Lord, would you open the eyes of our heart?